Are Illinois' social equity licenses tainted by politics? This is John Lothian News. On September 3rd, 21 applicants for Illinois' social equity marijuana licenses were told that they had achieved perfect scores. They had made the final cut. The awarding of 75 licenses is to take place later this month through a lottery among the 21 successful groups. Two applicants who were shut out promptly filed a lawsuit last week. They alleged that the scoring had been tainted by political connections. 19 more of the original applicants have since joined the lawsuit, which seeks to delay the awarding of licenses, allowing time for the application process to be reviewed. John Lothian News talked to Sparky Rose from the consultancy firm Supercritical to make sense of the social equity application process and to find out why things are blowing up. I have to assume that everyone on the state side of the house really wants to get this done as quickly as possible. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be entirely possible given uh, all that we know right now. What is your take, Sparky, on all this? Why did this? Why did this all blow up? Well, um, you know, honestly, I'm 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 a little I, I'm a little bit surprised that so many people were taken aback um, early on in this process. Um, when I was kind of looking at, you know, what it was going to take to win, uh, one of the concerns I have was, uh, and it was mostly out of, uh, out of fear. So I had a couple of clients who approached me for help on their applications and I was concerned at my ability to do a really good job because, you know, Cresco had already announced their seed program and we already knew that all of the, um, large scale cultivators would have cohorts of social equity applicants that they were going to be supporting uh, with, um, you know, with their, with their experience and intelligence. And considering I worked on applications of Pharmacan and Cresco was prolific at winning licenses, I was wondering how was anybody going to, cre- going to compete with someone who's got, you know, basically all the text of a winning application because Cresco knows how to win. So does Pharmacan. There's a distinct competitive advantage of having a resource like a Pharmacan or a Cresco behind you just from a content of your application standpoint. My question was, then how is the state going to delineate between, uh, between applicants? Because if, you know, if Pharmacan knows how to win in, uh, in Illinois, which they do, um, they've got awesome application content. If you take that and put it in 10 applications, those 10 applications should pretty much be winners or really, really, really close. And so if you have a social equity candidate who's got a veteran, they tick off all the other boxes. And to be honest, most of the stuff on the application is binary. You either get the points or you don't. There's very few uh, exhibits in the application where you could be scored, you know, on, on, a, on a continuum. Um, how, are you going to, how are you going to stop one company from having 10 perfect applications which is, or, or forget applications, win, win 10 licenses with great applications because 10 is the maximum you can win. And then the next and the next and the next. I didn't know how you would stop it from just being eight applicants because I was certain that well-funded groups were going to put in a lot of applications and uh, that there were going to be groups that were working with companies that have killer content. So I was concerned that this might happen from the beginning um, and, and it basically, you know, come down that way. You're, you're talking about a 250 point scale. 252 is the maximum number of points. And with 4,000 applications going in for 75 licenses, it's apparent that um, there are going to be a lot of ties, hence the need for the lottery and the tiebreaker. And also, 
so that no matter what you do, let's assume that uh, the, the proper outcome, because right now the outcome is that there are 75 licenses that are going to be controlled by 21 organizations, probably less than 21 at the end of the day. Um, what's the right number for that out of 75? Is it half? So 37 organizations where each one might have two, or that's how it averages out. Is that good enough? Or did it have to be 75 licenses go to 75 separate com companies? If that's what the state really wanted, they would have said that, and they didn't. Um, and everything for doing so is, is, is up to the state. But you know what works? No matter what, 89% of the people, even if all 75 are different, 89% of the applicants are going to be upset and are going to be out of luck. So mm -hmm. it is a bad position to be in. I don't know that there is a winnable position out. Um, they're going to have to take, you know, I think they need to take the decisive action. I think they need to do their best to be as transparent as possible. Um, and if there are things that uh, could, if there are situations that require us to delay the lottery, then I think they should, but I don't think they should out of hand delay it because they don't like the way it, it, it worked out. It's working exactly as it was designed, period. Every applicant is a social equity applicant. More than half of them are minority owned. Um, it's, it's, it is working exactly the way it was intended. It's just not, the outcome isn't quite what people had hoped and it needs to be changed. And that should be done during the uh, disparity period that's coming up. The precise reason the disparity period exists. And so um, I feel like they should, you know, make sure there isn't something that requires a full stop. Um, and you've heard some of the rumors that the KPMG consultant is part of an application. There's people saying that they don't think they were scored correctly. Um, it, it'd be a shame if there's irregularities in scores because for the millions of dollars we pay KPMG, you'd think they'd be able to get scoring a 250 point application, right? I mean, most high school teachers can award 250 points. Mm -hmm. In a test sort of environment, um, it'd be kind of shocking for several million dollars. They couldn't pull that together. Um, but if, if the scoring is solid, they can say, hey, there are no scoring errors. We're comfortable with the scoring from KPMG. Then I think they should go through with the with the uh, um, with, with, the, with the lottery and then fix this on uh, on the comeback. Um, but if there is a serious problem with the scoring, then I think you have to stop and say, all right, let's see what's going on. And we've got to make sure the process is fair, um, for sure. That's the first thing, and that there's integrity and that there's transparency. Um, you know, and I think that the state can do a lot of things to at least ameliorate the situation in the next round. Um, you know, I think they should, I think the disparity study should show them that we need a lot more licenses. You know, another 60 craft grows or another 110 dispensaries isn't nearly enough to serve the state. I think they should increase the number in the next round, maybe double it to 220 uh, licenses, uh, dispensary licenses in the next round. I think they should cap the number of uh, applications you, should, you can submit. I think they should cap the number of licenses you can win in the round, similar to what they're doing with craft grow licenses. You can only win one craft grow license per round of licensure. Mm. Um, and I think they should waive application fees for anybody who lost in this round who wants to resubmit in the next round. So then they give the only expense going to those people who didn't make it is, hey, polishing your app, trying to make it stronger. You know, you, you've got a copy of what your score is. You know where you're deficient. Go fix that. And you should be in a pretty good situation to make the lottery in the next round. It'll certainly be a lottery the next time around. Um, I think it'll always be a lottery. I don't think you'll be able to get out of that. 
um, unless they change the entire scoring uh, to, to open up. Like CraftGrow, there's a thousand points in that application. So there's a lot more granularity in, in, in not of it, and in, in it's not all like super binary the way they did it with um, the dispensaries. If it was a wider scale with more granularity and more rooms for scorers to make, to, to, to differentiate between applicants, then you might be able to get away from doing lotteries. Um, but the way it's set up right now, they keep the scoring system the same. It's always going to end the lottery. There's no way to avoid that. We worked on 20 applications for two different clients. One client got shut out. The other client got in. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, and, it's a, and so it's a bummer because, you know, I, the one client that didn't get in, they didn't have veteran status. And so it would have been impossible at this point for them to get in because you needed a perfect score. Um, because, you know, to be quite honest, these applications now for, for dispensaries, given that they have, they have reduced the barrier of entry so much for social equity to help out social equity folks, that they are by and large carbon, 95% of every one of, the, one of those applications submitted um, within a single organization are all the same. 90% of the content is the same. The changes are the few changes you have to make um, to an application when you go to a different BLM district. Yeah. So, um, you know, in Chicago, Naperville, when you talk about your community um, outreach program, you're talking about, uh, you know, what you're going to do in that district, what organizations you're going to partnership with in that district. And so when you're talking about an application for East St. Louis, that part has to be different because it's a different area. And so, um, and so for the, for these two clients that I have, you know, a huge part of all, all 20 of those applications was very much the same. The security plans are pretty much the same because they're not tied to actual real estate. It's generally, how are you going to secure the premises? Um, it, the, the, you know, a lot of these things that are in these applications are all the same across applications. It's who's your team, uh, and some of the location specific stuff that changes. So I know that this client, this group of clients, uh, it's a group of people, I should say, one client who lost. I know the only reason they lost is they didn't have a veteran because enough of the applications are the same across the board that they would have gotten a perfect score if they had a veteran. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's heartbreaking, you know, because it's a group of young guys. They're male nurses. They've, they've been on the front line of COVID for the last six months. And I'm heartbroken that they didn't win. You know, of all the people that I really thought should deserve the win, it's them. But it was an impossibility without a veteran. So, you know, we're going to try to help them retool to get into the next round in a way they can win. And we do that. We're doing that free of charge. So we didn't think it was going to go down this way. Um, but we're going to do our best to try to get them in just because we just feel like they deserve it. I mean, this particular group of guys, we just, you know, they, they, I got to get them a license. You know, I just feel like I feel like I'm on a mission now. Or they have the lottery on the 23rd, and let's say there's no court action that stops the process. When conceivably can these guys first operate? So theoretically, my knowledge of the situation is that if they conclude all the tie-breaking, when they conclude all the tie-breaking procedures, which would presumably happen, let's say on the 23rd. Um, and I'll explain why that isn't 100% cut and dry. But anyway, assuming they finish on that date, whatever date that is, um, at that point, those companies are licensed, I believe. I don't know that there's any sort of wait to get an official email or document from anybody. You have won a license. And so at that point, I believe your clock starts. And so you have six, a six-month window 
to open up. So you have to, the first thing you do is go start finding your real estate, get your real estate, and then just start going through all the process. And so in order to open up, you have to get your real estate, you have to get built out. And then once you have the build out, the state has to come out. They have to uh, tour your facility, make sure everything's up to snuff, and then they have to sign off and give you the check. And once they give you the check, then you can open and start selling cannabis. If it goes, if you're not done in six months, provided you can show them, um, you know, what you've done, that you're in process, that you've done X, Y, and Z, it's done, and hey, our construction's taking too long, or there was another COVID flare-up, and I need another month, or I need another two months, they're going to grant you the extension. But if it's six months out, and hey, I, you know, I have an agreement to use some real estate, but I'm still trying to raise money, they're going to pull your license, they're going to give it to somebody else. Thank you for the update, Sparky. We'll continue to follow this story in the weeks ahead. This is John Lothian News.